Well, this morning I have a little experiment I'd like you to do with me. It's pretty simple. So I especially want to invite uh, kids who are watching. There was an email that went out and parents, you might've had a chance to get them ready. Uh, If not, all you're gonna need is a bowl of water, some black pepper, and some uh, dishwashing soap. So like the stuff you wash dishes with. I think it's a lot of fun, it's not very messy. And so I'd like to invite you to participate with us. If you're not a kid, I think this is super cool and you'll love this. So I wanna invite you, and we're gonna give you just a minute to go get the supplies, just a bowl of water, uh, some dishwashing soap, and just regular kitchen black pepper. And so take a minute or two and go and get those. Again, it's not messy. You might want a towel with you to kind of wipe your hands when we're done. But something that I think is gonna be kind of fun, uh, my daughter Abigail is going to help me with ours here. You can watch that on the video. But even if you're 85 years old and sitting at home, go get this stuff, it's a lot of fun. So we'll give you a minute or two to do that and we'll get all set up here. Now there's a few of you that think, no, I'll just watch. I'm telling you, go grab a bowl of water, some pepper, and some dishwashing soap. Uh, You're going to love this. All right, Abigail, you ready? Okay, so at home, what you're going to do is, uh, we've got some pepper here. Why don't you show them our pepper? You got to hold it down here so they can see it in the camera. Yep, there's our pepper. And so uh, we got a bowl of water, so just sprinkle a bunch of pepper in the water. Yep, don't be shy. It's just pepper, lots of pepper. Yep, put it all in there, okay. All right, good. I'll put some more in there, why not? Okay, so for this experiment, uh, the pepper sort of represents, I mean, on one hand, we're all thinking about germs and things like that. So you can think of them like sort of COVID-19 germs. Um, But on another hand, this is sort of a deeper, more spiritual thing that we're doing here. So we can think of it uh, as something far more dangerous, which is sin. And so the black pepper represents, uh, yes, might be COVID-19 germs but represents the sin uh, that's all around us. So Abigail, what I'd like you to do, and what I'd like you to do at home, is just take either one finger, like kind of your five fingers, and just dip it into the water for a second and pull them out. So go ahead. Yep. All right, now show, show your fingers to the camera. Can you see that? Hopefully if you're doing it at home. See, there's pepper sort of all over. You put your fingers in, uh, and of course the germs, the sin sticks to your hands. So uh, why don't you wipe, uh, wipe that all off? All right, so yeah, again at home, if you hopefully now have some pepper on your hands, just uh, wipe it off. Yep, nice and clean. All right. And this might have happened at home. It happened a few times when we tested it. Maybe like some of the pepper uh, sunk to the bottom. So Abigail, ours looks fine, but let's add a little more pepper. So just put some more pepper in there. Can't hurt. Just sprinkle it away. Yep. More sin, more germs. Okay, there we go. Now what I'd like you to do, and again, you gotta be very careful when you do this, is we're gonna take our, show them the dishwashing liquid. Yep, we're just gonna take, we've got, what do we have, palm olive. Uh, We're just gonna take the dishwashing liquid. Now here's where you gotta be careful. We're gonna put a little on our finger, but don't let it drip into the bowl. 
So you want to put it on your finger away from the bowl for a minute. So go ahead, yeah, just drizzle some on your finger and be generous. Put some on, you know, you can, yeah, get it all around, rub it around there if you want. Yep. Why don't you put a little more on there? Okay. They can't see us or move over yet. Okay, now take that finger with all the soap on it and dip it into the middle of the bowl. Did you see that? Isn't that cool? Again, if you're doing it at home, this looks really cool because all the pepper just sort of moves off to the side. And again, this is supposed to represent, on one hand, the power of washing our hands. For us today, it's also going to represent a very spiritual point, and that is a hand washing of sorts uh, that God does for us through the gospel and the person of Jesus. So Abigail, thank you for helping me. Thank you at home for participating. Uh, take a minute to clean up. If you have multiple kids and there was a fight over who got to do it, it's super easy. You can do it. You can do it now if you want. Uh, you can do it a couple more times. It's really cool. If you didn't get a chance and you didn't believe me and you didn't try it, try it after the sermon. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So, okay, with that as our experiment, I'd like to invite you now to take your Bible and turn to the book of Titus, chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. This morning, we are starting a new mini-series in the book of Titus. We've done three mini-series so far. The first we entitled, A Godly Life. The second we entitled, A True Life. The third was entitled, A Quiet Life. And this morning, we start our fourth and final topical series in the book of Titus, and it's entitled, A New Life. And we get this from the fact that when you think about hand washing for a moment, yesterday was a gorgeous day. I don't know if you had a chance to get outside. We were outside gardening. Uh, we got our garden planted. It was after May 15th. We got our hands in the dirt. We were caked on. You know what that's like. You get dirt under your fingernails. You got dirt everywhere. Well, when you come inside and you get the chance to wash your hands, warm water, lots of soap, scrub them up, your hands feel brand new. Maybe you had experience. We also had experience yesterday. We went to the grocery store. And at the grocery store, it was our day to go grocery shopping. And so me and one of my uh, children went into the store. And of course, in the grocery store, you touch everything and the keypads and all the stuff. And so you, you feel like you've got junk all over your hands and you don't want to touch anything. And you can put hand sanitizer on it, but that doesn't feel fully like everything's been killed. But you get home, you turn on the tap, you put your hands under the water and you wash them with soap and your hands feel brand new. That's sort of the metaphor, the illustration that we're going to see in Titus chapter 3. God is going to use for us this illustration of hand washing, the power of washing, to bring home the truth of how God washes us in Jesus. And as a result, we are and can feel brand new. And so for over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about some of the characteristics of this new life that God gives us in Jesus. But today, 
we're going to focus on the good news, what we know of as the gospel. The truth that in Jesus, God washes our hands, God washes our bodies, God makes us clean of sin and death and difficulty and disease. So Titus chapter 3, I'm going to read for us the heart of the chapter, which begins in verse 3. Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Now Paul starts for us in verse three with the pepper. He starts with the sin. He starts with the virus, the idea. We are all thinking about hand washing these days. We're all thinking about the fact that we've got to have uh, clean hands in order to survive uh, this plague and this difficulty that we're going through. And so Paul starts with the pepper. Now he's talking to people who are already Christians. Many of you who are watching are, some may not be. For those who are already Christians, he's talking in the past tense. And he says at one time, we too were foolish. And the idea here is thinking about hands again. Foolish, we as humans keep sticking our hands in places where they don't belong. We were disobedient, shaking our fists, if you will, at God and at people in positions of authority. We don't want to do what you tell us to do. Enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We think of our hands again, feeding our addictions to food or alcohol or sex or whatever the addictions may be. We lived in malice and envy and Again, thinking of our hands, sending emails or texting or posting things on social media, mean things, things we ought not to say about other people. Being hated and hating one another. And sort of the idea of being at war, fighting with one another. Our hands represent the sins that are present in our life. And Paul says your hands are covered with sickness with sin, with death. There's an interesting video I saw this week. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you'll be able to Google it after the sermon. It was done by Japan's NHK uh, news station, and they did a little test. Uh, They sent everybody to a restaurant, or their test group to a restaurant, and on one person's hands, they put invisible fluorescent dye. 
paint, I think it was. No one could see it. And so they just had this person go and eat dinner there. And then they took a black light and showed how far and wide this invisible paint had spread. It's a very sobering video. It's everywhere. It's on people's mouths. It's on the food. It's all over the place. This is a little illustration of what Paul is trying to say here. You and I, we have death on our hands. And we don't know it, but everything we touch, we contaminate with sin and death. You think COVID-19 is contagious? Sin is far more contagious. And you and I, we have insecurity on our hands. We have anger on our hands. We have envy on our hands. And what we don't realize, although we're getting an object lesson, a worldwide object lesson in it today, is that everywhere we go and everything we touch, we bring death to ourselves and to others. We don't know, we touch our face. We spread it to other people. And Paul's saying, that's the state that you were in. You had death everywhere and you didn't know it, it was invisible. But verse four. But when the kindness and love of God, our savior appeared, he saved us. And what is contained in these verses is what we know of as the gospel. The good news that despite the fact that our hands are covered in pepper, our hands are covered in sin, our hands are covered in virus, which should bring death. God's chosen to save us. Why? Why? What did he do? How? Those are the questions answered in our text and that's what we want to go through together today. Starting with the why question. Why would God choose to save us? Two answers are given in our passage. The first in verse four. When the kindness and love of God appeared. He did it out of kindness and love. The words in Titus 3 are an echo of an Old Testament passage, Jeremiah 31, 3. Listen to this language. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Everlasting love. It's hard to wrap your mind around something like that. God chooses to save us because he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting love and what we're everlasting life. And what we're told is the love that God has for us is everlasting. Understand that. You are the apple of God's eye. You are his heart's desire. We are his treasured possession, not just for a season, not just for a moment, but forever and ever and ever. 
everlasting love. There is nothing that you could do or that I could do that would ever cause God to stop loving us. Think about that for a moment. Eternal love. He will love us with an everlasting love. Day in, day out, night after night, week after week, month after month, year after year, for eternity. That's the kind of love God has for us. And that love expresses itself in unfailing kindness. The word unfailing is as beautiful as the word everlasting. You see, there's a kind of love that's a tough love. And that's a real aspect of love. But that's not the kind of love that God loved us with when he saved us. He loved us with a kindness. An unfailing kindness. It's beautiful language. Just let it wash over you for a moment. God's everlasting love, God's unfailing kindness. Why did he choose to save us? Because he loves us. And because he simply is choosing to be kind and merciful. The second reason given to us in verse five, why did God save us? He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. In verse seven, he'll also use the word grace. Why did God save us? It is not because of the righteous things we've done. Sometimes we think, well, I've got my hands dirty. Maybe if I do enough other stuff, I can get rid of all this dirt. The point of the illustration is it doesn't work that way. What removes the dirt from our hands is not trying to do more stuff. God didn't save us because we do enough good things. God does not choose to save us because we might do good things. God doesn't give us salvation because we show potential for being a good person. He saves us not because of any good, righteous things we might do. This COVID-19, this crisis we're in the midst of, it's a powerful illustration of truths. Think about it for a moment. Why do doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals who are treating those who have the illness often catch the illness themselves? Because good deeds are not a protection from death. What they're doing is good, it's kind, it's sacrificial, it's blessed in God's sight. You might think, well, any doctor or any nurse or any healthcare professional who comes in contact with someone who has COVID-19 should automatically be protected from death, but it doesn't work that way. And there is no amount of good that you or I could do to overcome the power of sin to bring death into our lives. And so God chooses to save us not on the basis of good deeds that we might do. 
You can't devote yourself to doing good deeds to knock the pepper off your hands. You can't devote yourself to doing enough good to overcome the things that we've done with our hands to displease the Lord. And so God chooses to save us not on the basis of anything good we might do, have done, are doing, or could do. Instead, he chooses to save us on the basis of his mercy and his grace. Mercy and grace. Mercy is not getting the punishment we deserve. Grace is getting the blessings we didn't deserve. And in God's love and kindness, he's chosen to not give us the punishment our sins deserve and to give us greater blessings than we ever could have earned on our own. So why did God choose to save us? Because of his everlasting love and his unfailing kindness. Not because of good things we do, will do, or have done, but simply because of his mercy and his grace. So what happened when God saved us? Or what will happen if you today accept God's salvation? Second half of verse five, the answer to this question of what happened also has two parts. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. It's kind of phrased in a funny way. What it means is he saved us through the washing that results in rebirth and renewal. We talked about this at the beginning of the sermon. That experience, you know what it's like when you perhaps you've gone camping and you haven't had any running water for a couple of days and you finally, you get home and you get to finally wash your hands for, the, for a real time, your hands feel brand new. Maybe you are a healthcare professional and you're in the medical community and you've been interacting with a patient who has COVID-19. You can feel the death perhaps on your hands. When you get to wash your hands, it feels like they're made new again. That feeling, that washing, this is a metaphor for what God did for us in Jesus. That's why I love this little science experiment. I don't exactly know how it works, but somehow this dishwashing liquid on your finger, it causes all the sin to go away. And this is what God does for us. He washes us clean. It's the language of new, renewal, rebirth. Have you ever had that feeling? Where you're like, I've messed up my life so badly. It's like your hands, they're full of death and dirt. You can't wash off the blood or the guilt. The stuff that's there. And you just wish you could have a fresh start. This is what God does for us. He washes us and makes us new. Rebirth, renewal, born again. What better time to think about this than in an environment in which we're washing our hands, thinking about the fact that God washes us, gets rid of all the sin, all the death, makes us clean, new, reborn in his kingdom.
The second thing that God does for us when we're saved, verse seven, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. No one metaphor can fully explain what God did for us. And so Paul switches from a washing metaphor, which is super powerful, to a legal metaphor. What God does for us is he chooses to justify us, which means he chooses to declare us to be righteous. And then listen to this, makes us heirs. Again, legal terminology, essentially what God is doing is he is signing the paperwork so that we become part of his family, legally entitled to all the stuff that's his. Can you believe that? God has made us his inheritors. It's like going and having somebody say, I'm now going to make you part of my estate. And you sit down with the lawyer and you draw up the papers. And what the one person is saying to the other is, look, I want that person to be legally entitled to all the stuff that's mine. That's what God did for us. He drew up the papers. And he said, everything that's mine, I'm giving to you. Including and especially life. Life is God's possession. He is the source of life. When he makes us heirs of eternal life, it means that his life becomes our life. And he signs the legal papers to say, my life now belongs to them. This is how we're saved from death. is because God signs us into his family. He makes us inheritors of life. Why did God save us? Because he loves us. Not because of anything we've done, but because he's merciful and gracious. What did he do? He washed us clean and he wrote us into his family. How did he make it all happen? Verse five. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus Christ, fully God, became a human. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. He lived among us performed miraculous signs showing that God's power was with him. Even though he committed no sin himself, he died for our sins on a cross, was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven. And what he did for us makes salvation available to us. Again, using our illustration. When your hands are dirty, when they're covered in pepper or dirt or COVID-19 or whatever it may be, you walk to a sink and somebody else other than you hooked up all the pipes, hooked it up to the city water, put all the pipes in place, installed the tap. That's what Jesus did for us. We didn't have any part of it. 
He built the house, he put all the pipes in place, he installed everything, he made sure all the plumbing is working. And then what God does is when the tap is opened, God's spirit flows through that tap and that's what washes our hands. That's what Paul is saying is Jesus made it possible. His life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, that's all the pipes. That makes all that stuff happen. And what comes through the pipes is the spirit of God. And it washes over us, poured out on us generously. And we're saved. This is the good news. This is the gospel. That God chose not to treat us the way our sins deserved, but to save us to give us eternal life because of his everlasting love, his unfailing kindness, not because of things we've done, but because of his mercy and grace. He did it by washing us, by justifying us, by inviting us into his family, all made possible through the work of Jesus and the coming of the spirit. Now, what do we do with this teaching today? A couple of things to think through. The first is for those who are listening who are not yet believers in Jesus. I want you to do me a favor. In your mind's eye, I just want to picture something. I want you to picture something. I want you to picture your hands full of death. Again, COVID-19 is a perfect illustration. I want you to picture your hands, whatever that may be on them, insecurity, anger, addictions, envy, hatred, rebellion, whatever may be the things on your hands, the dirt that's there. And I want you to realize and think about the fact that you are standing, visualize it in your mind, you are standing in front of a sink. The pipes are all there, they all work, they've all been hooked up. And the tap is open, the soap is there, the water is running. And what's being offered to you is the chance to be clean. You know that feeling when your hands are clean, that feeling when all that stuff is washed away and whatever dirt, whatever blood, whatever junk, whatever sin, whatever selfishness, whatever stuff is on your hands, the water is running and the soap is there. Please, you couldn't ask for a more potent or powerful warning. There is a virus out there that you can't see. It's killed something like 90,000 people in the United States alone. It is a deadly poison, but please, The death rate for COVID-19 is minuscule compared to the death rate for sin. The death rate for sin is 100%. And you can't see the virus on your hands. You can't see the sin on your hands as well. But you've touched your face. You've touched other people. Your hands are full of death. And you're standing there in front of the sink and the water is flowing and the soap is there. And now comes your part. What you have to do is you got to move your hands under the water. It's already flowing. The soap is there. And you let them be cleaned. How do you do that? Romans 10 says this. 
if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you can envision yourself standing there in front of that sink, hands full of death, water running, if you simply say Jesus is Lord and choose to believe that God raised him from the dead, you're effectively moving your hands under the water and you will be washed clean and you will be saved. Please, there is no more important time to do this than now. There is a silent killer all around the world. We have no idea when it's going to strike. We don't know very much about how all of it works. There's no better illustration to realize that sin is everywhere and with it comes death. But God in his kindness and mercy has positioned you in front of that sink. He put all the pipes in place. His spirit is flowing generously through it. The water is on full power. All you have to do today in the quietness of your heart, you just simply say, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and your hands are being moved under the water and you're saved. Second thing is for those of us who are already Christians. This passage is about how do you become a Christian and it's about us being able to look back and celebrate that God did this thing for us. But it should also remind us of another time that Jesus used a very similar illustration to make a very similar point. And this is in John 13. And there, Jesus is talking about the fact that washing and how all of that works. Jesus says to the disciples, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. And here the metaphor is not so much hand washing, but the idea of a full bath. And what Jesus is saying is, if you're a Christian, you have been washed clean. It's not just that you washed your hands. It's that ultimately your whole life was washed clean. But even those who are clean still get their feet dirty. We walk around through life and we pick up junk. The idea that we have death on our hands is not just true for those who have not yet accepted Jesus. It's true for all of us. That when we choose insecurity, when we choose anger, when we choose deceit, when we choose addictions, we're bringing death to ourselves and everything we touch. And Jesus says, unfortunately, that's a part of living in this fallen sinful world. But the good news is the same spirit that washed you clean in salvation will wash your feet clean each and every day. And that some of us need to spend a little bit of time thinking about, not do I need to be saved again, you don't. You only have to be washed once. But we still pick up dirt on our feet. We still pick up death on our hands. And maybe some of us today need to spend some time thinking through, Lord, wash me again. We're not asking you to be resaved. You don't have to do that. Just simply reminded the same generous, gracious God who saved you loves to wash you clean of whatever sins you pick up as you walk through the journeys of life. Third, as we think about this virus and what it's doing to our economy and what it's doing to the world, lots of things are being shaken. Lots of things are going to be 
destroyed and something new is going to emerge. I don't know how it will all look and I don't know what it will all be like. But when you think about the new things that are coming, the new ways the economy is going to work, how new things are going to happen when it comes to your job or whatever it may be, there can often be fear to say, well, am I prepared for that? Now we're gonna cover this more in the next few weeks, but the best way to be prepared for the new thing that's coming is to embrace the new person that God is making you. And that as you embrace these new characteristics that are now possible in Jesus, obedient, gentle, considerate, peaceable, there is no better thing that you can do to be ready for whatever is coming because whatever is coming will be built by humans, but ultimately the architect of it all will be God. And whatever new is needed, you are a new person in Jesus And if you live out that newness, you'll be just fine. And then finally, and this is the most important thing. If you don't remember anything else, you might remember the pepper, that's pretty memorable. But if you don't remember anything else from the sermon, this is the point. God loves you with an everlasting love and an unfailing kindness. You can trust in it. Things may be going great in your life. They may not be. You may feel sick. You may not be sick. You may have lots of fear. You may not have any fear. Job may be great. It may be gone. Whatever is going on, the most important truth, the essence of the good news God loves you with an everlasting love. He is kind to you with an unfailing kindness. You can trust in that. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know if things will ever return to the way they were before. I don't know if things will ever be that way. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know if you're going to get sick. I don't know if I'm going to get sick. I don't know if I'm going to be here next week. I don't know if you're going to be here next week. I don't know how any of this is going to work. But I do know this. God's already demonstrated his love for us. While we were still sinners, while we were junk on our hands, Jesus died for us. And that love that God has for us is not a fleeting love. It's not a momentary love. It is an everlasting love and an unfailing kindness. You can trust in it. Let's pray together. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast from Calvary Church. We hope this message has brought the light and hope of God's presence into your life, refreshing your soul for the journey the Lord has you on. If you have a spiritual need or would like to connect further with the work God is doing through Calvary Church, Seek us out online at calvarygr.org. On our website, you can also find an archive of previous messages